Hello and welcome to another episode of Onside Punt. My name is Cad and as always I'm joined by David Holm. How are you doing today, mate? Good, Cad. How are you, man? Pretty damn good. And we're about to crack into, I think, the last episode in our series of recapping each division in the NFL, preparing you for the season upcoming ever since the Super Bowl of this year. And uh, the last thing we have to cover is the NFC West. It's been great, actually. Um, good to get a wrap of them up. And um, obviously, we've, I wouldn't say we saved the best to last, but it'll be... Um, <laughs> <laughs> be entertaining, nonetheless. It should be entertaining. Let's see. Let's see. I've really enjoyed these, these recaps. It's going to be uh, sad to not do these for another year, but uh, hopefully everyone else has enjoyed them. And, and if you have, please remember to uh, rate and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any way you're listening to our show. Yeah, it's really good to get that momentum coming into the season. So hopefully it refreshes where teams are up to and where you want them to be. So yeah, yeah it's and been you, And you found your, uh, you know, in our famous last segment, you found uh, what team you want to support. I'm excited to see what you come up with uh, this week, Holmes. Oh, it will, it will be interesting. It's going to be Don't interesting. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get right into it with the LA Rams. So since the 2021 Super Bowl win where the Rams used their whole budget and every trade they could get their hands on for a one-shot run at the title, things have gone very downhill. Now, ending the season last year with five wins and 12 losses, the Rams have a lot of work to do before becoming, you know, even average in this division. Uh, Matt Stafford, the Super Bowl winning quarterback, was injured in week nine of last year's season, being replaced by Baker Mayfield, who carried on the end of the season. Stafford is now healthy and will definitely be returning as QB1 this year. Do you think it's worth it for these teams, Holmey, you know, this fabled one-shot run? You get the Super Bowl one season and then you're pretty much out of contention for, you know, five to, I don't even know, how five to ten years. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense for this level of, of football. Um, obviously, if you're playing country football, like a lot of us might have, you know, yep. it's, a, it's, all right to, it's all right to target one because you're probably only going to get, um, you know, the financial backing for one in four or one in five, whatever your financials can allow. But it seems odd for a, um NFL team to, to bang or bust type attitude. Uh, the way the draft and everything's set up, they have obviously gone to the draft now, but they're a long way. Like they've basically written themselves off for one year of success. Yeah. Lucky they, lucky they got it. Lucky they got it for sure. Lucky and they got huge it. Huge gamble mm. to get it. But you know, as a fan, yeah, like, mm. you know, I support the Chargers obviously, and I'd love it if they packed on to go for a Super Bowl. That would be one really exciting year. But then you're left with years of them just being average, not even fun to watch. I would much rather my team set up for possibly a dynasty run or or put in a position that the Bengals or or the Bills or definitely the Chiefs are in right now where they're in contention for about three or four years in a row. Well, sport, definitely we're now looking for that dynasty, dynasty, whatever you want to pronounce it, um, Mm. in terms of you want your team up there for as long as possible. Absolutely. Um, It's a part of people's brand. It's a part of their personality. So you don't want it to be over. You don't want it to be a flash in the pan because the season starts again and you know. <laughs> several months after. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, personally with the Rams, other than you could probably pick us some stories out of the draft, uh, which we might cover in a little bit. But other than that, I can't really see a lot 
to go with. They've obviously now lost Jalen Ramsey, which is a big figure for them as well. So yeah, Bobby Wagner, they, yeah. Leonard Floyd, Chandler, Chandler Brewer, and their kicker, Matt Gay, is also gone. I think it's a total of 16 players have left the team. Yeah, it just tells you that they really have bust. <laughs> yeah. Now it's uh, And you're going to have to, basically, we're going to, again, have to look for stories out of what they've picked up in the draft, which they have got some talent coming through there, but it's definitely not enough against the other teams that you, you're going to face in this, in the NFL. So Definitely. And I guess in this rebound, to assist in this rebound, they went to the draft and, and they came home with about 14 picks. So it was the seventh straight draft where the Rams didn't have a first round pick, but collected the, the bulk of what they got in the lower rounds. Now, there's too many to go through all of them, though I will note, Byron Young, an edge rusher who's picked up in the second round, has been tipped to be a great choice by the Rams and should cause some havoc for opposing quarterbacks alongside Aaron Donald, who is a notorious player for the Rams and will be staying on the team. Um, as well as that, the quarterback from the winning team of the College Bowl last year, Stetson Bennett, has been signed as a backup to Matt Stafford. Yeah, curious. Um, curious about Stetson Bennett. Obviously, I've spoke to you about this um, before. I'd love to get your thoughts on it again. Um, he's obviously coming from a college successful team that won their won the title. Um, yep. Obviously, the Bulldogs. There's players everywhere now. Uh, I think yeah, very popular team to pick yeah, from this year yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I just wondered. It's like I was asking if he's going to be playing, but it's obviously preference will be Stafford. Yeah, I, I think like when, when we were talking about this, is that that thinking of well, he was the quarterback who led the winning team. Yeah. So shouldn't he be higher in contention? Yeah, I think he was picked in the, in the third round. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, it, it shows that, that interesting thing. You know, there's a lot we don't know with the NFL draft. And, That's right. And college ball. But, you know, maybe is that type of thing where the team was better than the quarterback and almost like the 49ers are seen in the NFL at the moment, that the team is good enough that you can have a, an average or just above average quarterback and, and you can get through to a title. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's been underrated. Yeah, and it's that correlation that I'm trying to understand between college football and NFL. Like how far is that step between the two? Because obviously he's been tested in the biggest games that the college system has. He's yep. been successful in the biggest games. Surely... Other other players have come straight in, will be starting for their franchise, and he sort of sits second, um, not picked up as a starting QB. So I'll watch. Hopefully he gets an opportunity at some point, um, and we'll see if it if there is any anything to come from it. Yeah, I think uh, in summary, it's it's going to be a tough run for the Rams this year. There's a lot of young blood on the team that's going to need you know a lot of adjusting to the NFL standards from college. However, uh, head coach Sean McVay. He's highly regarded and, and one of the best coaches available to, to get these players ready. So not expecting big things this year, but uh, you know maybe the rebuild starts next year's draft. Let's roll on to one that would be considered a contender within this division, uh, the Seahawks, Cat. Definitely. So... King, uh, King Geno Smith, as I call him, returns as the uh, triumphant quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks this year. Uh, he was a backup quarterback for seven years and named uh, the starter for the Seahawks once Russell Wilson had left for the Broncos. He came in strong and, and surprised a lot of people, you know, got the team to a 9-8 and eight record and a near playoff berth. 
Um, he landed fourth in touchdowns thrown last year and, and definitely defined himself as the starting quarterback. Um, I'm not sure if you caught these last year, Holmes, but he had a pretty great kind of attitude about his comeback and, and everything. And there was a few statements I wanted to, to tell you. Uh, one is he, he, when he first defined himself in the game, he'd had a massive victory. Everyone's elated. And the reporter on the sideline says, you know, what do you say to the folks that wrote you off? And he just replies, you know, they wrote me off, but I ain't writing back and just walks off. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. a good one. That's, that's got to feel good G. too, hasn't it? Like that's yeah. got to feel good. Yeah. And uh, that's, his, like, like, that's his whole tagline. And it went through NFL media of just yeah. like, I ain't writing back. That is brilliant. You can, you can wrap your, you can wrap your franchise around a tag like that too. Absolutely. Like that, yeah. Yeah. That, that's done. That'll do wonders for the brand. Good on him. I, lo- I love comeback stories. So yeah. yeah. Like, it's the best thing in sport. Um, in my opinion, but you know, there was another one I, I really liked and, and should be noted. He was asked, um, you know, with his success from last season and all the time he sat, sat on the bench, you know, for the seven years before they're asking him about it, how he felt. And he just said, look, my, my tough times would be a dream to someone else. I'm not going to discredit them at all. So just, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. He's, he's definitely got yeah. that role model in him and it's really cool to see, you know, against all that bravado that we also enjoy. Yeah, it's refreshing to sort of get that sort of honest, just that wholesome sort of personality that just loves the moment. So Very humble. It's, it's cool. Yeah. All right, moving on. The Seahawks added to their wide receiver room with Jackson Smith-Najigba as a first-round pick in the draft. He'll be alongside Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf this year. A high prospect at wide receiver. Uh, he averaged 192 yards in his last five games before the draft. But, you know, as we've noted, moving to the NFL is, is a huge adjustment uh, for all college players, but pretty exciting to see how that will fit in. Um, they've also added some depth at running back behind Kenneth Walker III, drafting Zah Charbonnet in the second round this year and drafting Bryant Kobach from the Vikings. Now, Kobach wasn't super memorable for the Vikings, but, you know, depth's obviously important there, um, as we saw so many injuries last year. I'm excited by... Najigra, but I'm not excited to pronounce that name every week. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get we'll get good at it because I think we're going to be saying it a fair bit. Um, on the on the defensive side for the Seahawks, uh, they've also drafted cornerback Devin uh, Devin Witherspoon um, in the first round. Another player that we'll keep an eye on, and they've also re-signed linebacker Bobby Wagner, who took a break, went to LA Rams. Yeah, just a one-year excursion to the Rams and obviously saw how that went for him. <laughs> yeah, and then he saw, no, I'm coming back. So yeah. he's now back, which is great. I always yeah, love that kind of He's 11th yeah. season with the Seahawks. So it's kind of yeah, random yeah. to see that brief detour in your career. But yeah, yeah. I, don't th- I think he ruined his long service, but, uh, you know, <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we can do what we need to. Um, also, big notable, uh, so in the defensive line, uh, Draymond Jones. So story here is it was actually, it's come out that they was supposed to be a part of the Russell Wilson deal with the Broncos. It never ended up happening. So the Seahawks have waited a year. They've now released him and he's now come across pretty cheaply. Uh, for Wait, them. so he's so come great back? Pickup. No, not come back. Uh, he was supposed to be... Oh, in the deal to get from him. Yeah. Okay. So they, they put his name up as a trade. The Seahawks wanted him. Yeah to come as a part of the Russell Wilson trade from the Broncos. Um, but it didn't happen. And then they've okay. just waited. They've basically now just waited a year and then and signed picked him, him up for cents on the dollar. How good's that? 
not cents on the dollar. We're still we're fifty one million dollars for three years. Cents on the so. fifty one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good pickup, and they've also they've also signed on a two year deal. Um, Jaron Reed uh, as a defensive lineman as well. So some good good all round pickups there. They've also signed Jalen Love uh, as safety. He's come across from the New York Giants. And then they've also got Mario Edwards Jr. from the Chicago Bears. So they've really picked up quite a bit, a uh, bit of action for them. They've really rounded out their defensive lines. And yeah, they look to be, look to be a solid improvement to the list. Also note that uh, Quandre Diggs remains on the defense for the Seahawks as well. But uh, most importantly... Michael Dixon remains as the punter, the local Sydney boy from Kirawee. Oh, now, yes. Punters are seen as one of the least interesting roles, I feel, in, in, in football. But Dixon has this definite character to him. Now, I knew there was an Aussie kicker floating around. In fact, most Aussies in the league are kickers. Um, but there was this zoom-in on the sideline in one game. And I didn't know who it was, but I had no doubt in my mind that this guy was Aussie. Lush flowing mullet, full tat arm sleeve. Just looked like like looked like he just left the job site. Mm. Uh, and he he's awesome. He's got his own flavor with the the game. And there was a very notable play um, that happened last season. He's punted the ball. The punt gets blocked by the defending team and bounces out behind him. Instead of just waiting for the other team to pick it up and take it through to the touchdown zone, Dixon runs picks up the ball and does what would be only described as like an NRL return kick and just swings his leg around, boots it down the field, drops it in the perfect place, and the crowd goes nuts. The commentary booth is so confused because they don't even know if that's a rule. Can you double punt? And he knew the rule book. You can. Yeah. <laughs> you can. You can do anything if you're Australian. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, no rule of supply. Um, but he's, uh, yeah, he's an incredible punter and a great asset to their team. Uh, I did. I did read. Unfortunately, he, he's one month older than me. He grew up about an hour and a half away from where I grew up, and now earns about six hundred and eighty-five k a year. So, <laughs> why? Yeah. What went wrong? Yeah, there? You, you, yeah, yeah. You probably probably don't want to look up that stuff. Um, no. Kat. <laughs> it can really, it can really squish the ego. It um, really hurts. Okay, moving on to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, not even arguably the strongest team in this division. Now, there's a big question kind of lording over this team at the moment is who will they be starting at quarterback for the 2023 season? Now, for a bit of background to everyone, Trey Lance was named the starter last year after being selected third overall uh, as a rookie QB. And he lasted until only week two where he suffered a season-ending ankle injury. He then had to watch Jimmy Garoppolo, his backup, who's now with the Raiders, take the snaps up until week 13, where then Jimmy broke his foot. Then, as we've discussed before, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy took the team into the playoffs, ending at a divisional round game against the Eagles. To add insult to yet another injury, Brock Purdy ruptured a ligament in his throwing arm that game as well. So they technically had about three quarterbacks go down and out in one season. Now, the question, as we said before, is Trey Lance is the hyped rookie who barely had a chance and Brock Purdy, the last pick of the draft, who surprised everyone in his success, have only both now recovered from their injuries last year. Who's the team going to pick? Well, the interesting factor here is 49ers only really got hot 
when Purdy was in the seat. Like it was a back end run for them into the postseason. Yeah, for sure. And like Jimmy won games, but you know, they ended their record thirteen and four last year. So any team that can go through three quarterbacks of ranging levels of experience and still get strongly into the playoffs, very, very impressive. Pressure on the position surely has to fruit successes though. It's a good problem to have, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's that thing where everyone looks at the 49ers and said, well, we can stick any quarterback in there yeah. and the team's going to you know, perform. But at the moment, I think the rumors are kind of saying Brock Purdy's going to start. I know that both QBs are training at the moment and they both had time with the A squad and the B squad. So it's a balanced practice. Uh, it's all up in the air at the moment, but uh, we'll see what happens. It, it just like I'm a bit crushed for Trey Lance here. Uh, obviously, I love Purdy's uh, Cinderella story last year, but you've been picked so high in the draft, you then get injured in week two, you barely have a chance to show off what you've got. Like, he could be a great quarterback. You would think with the injuries, though, there will be opportunity that it'll come up again. Um, mm. They've obviously all carry any injury into this season, so we're not quite sure where they're all at. So there could be that opportunity pretty quickly for him. Definitely. I, I think the, the sad risk is the fact that if Brock Purdy stays healthy and takes the field at starting QB next year, Trey will have to be looking for another team after having two years with only two games experience under his belt. So a real stunt for his career, but there's, you know, it's the NFL, anything can happen. So there's a lot of chances there. Uh, a name that might be familiar to everyone is a fifth-year quarterback, Sam Darnold, who has been signed as the backup for the 49ers as well. Um, obviously knowing they will need a third quarterback very likely. But I did want to know, um, was McCaffrey's name rolled around in this <laughs> in these choices as well? well? Christian McCaffrey is staying on the team and has been known to throw a ball or two. Uh, I highly doubt they're going to put him out as a starting quarterback. <laughs> I will, they ended up having to change a rule because of the 49ers or they've updated a rule, right? Yeah, the, I think they call it the Brock Purdy rule. Yeah, so I think they, they can now, on game day, have a third quarterback. Um, he can't obviously be played, but he can sit there, and if the two quarterbacks go down, then yeah, he, he can, can come he into can the come game. Out, which wasn't allowed previously. Yeah. I'm, I'm not exactly sure yeah. why, but um, look, definitely a need, not only for the 49ers. We've covered other teams in this recap who've had the exact same thing happen to them. I think the Dolphins were one of them. Um so, yeah, probably a fair rule and, uh, I don't know, brings a little spotlight to those protecting the quarterback rules that we uh, kind of were angry yeah. about last year. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we mentioned Christian McCaffrey already. Uh, he's a running back or a receiver. The man can do both so well. Uh, he's supported by Debo Samuel, who is primarily a wide receiver, however, also can run the ball from time to time. So they've got two versatile players there. Um, core receivers, Brandon Ayuk and uh, George Kittle at tight end will also remain on the team. Kittle notably having 11 touchdowns last season. The 49ers weren't expected to land any big players in the free agency window uh, because they they basically have run out of salary cap room. Uh, I think they had about $10 million left in the salary cap. But that, surprisingly, though, they did end up um, landing a massive fish. They've ended up signing Javon Hargrave. So he comes across from the Eagles as defensive tackle. Okay. Monster deal. Four years, $84 million. Wow. He, I think he was rated as one of the best free agents up. Oh, at the available. The season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So really big fish to, to land for them. But what they've had to do is they've had to back in that 
that contract. So he'll only be receiving $6 million in the next season and then they'll back in that. So I want some cap space freeze up yeah, for them yeah. to pay him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was really the only notable sort of signing that we were able to get through the free agency. The rest is just small incremental deals so that was a that was really interesting so he's a dynamic uh interior pass rusher so he will he's gonna line up next to bosa so this shall be entertaining yeah nick bosa remains at defensive end finishing last season with 18 and a half sacks which is you know about one sack a week on averages and that combination is going to be brutal and like the bosa brothers either side are always enjoyable to watch um but uh, I know as well they've uh, signed uh, new cornerbacks, Miles Hartsfield from the Panthers and Isaiah Oliver. So I don't know. What do you what do you think, Homie? Where do the uh, what's a pass for the Forty ers this year? Uh, I I think internally it'll be Super Bowl, uh, as it I always is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, they've definitely they've, they, with their salary cap they've got. They're showing me that they they think they should be winning it. Yeah. Um. And and you know. I think they should again be aiming for the conference, conference, conference finals. A win in the conference yeah. finals, getting into the bowl, or just it, getting into the conference finals. Getting into the conference finals is what I'm looking for them. So that leaves us with one team to discuss. Uh, I'm sure we're ready to. Uh, let's get into the Cardinals, shall we? It seems a little, uh, <laughs> you know disappointing to end on this team after this recap series but uh okay where to start with the Arizona Cardinals they had one of the worst seasons of any team last year ending the season with four wins and 13 losses and that's a dramatic drop if you remember they were 11 and 6 in 2021 now Kyler Murray still the quarterback this year now before Kyler tore his ACL and meniscus in week 14 ruling him out for the final three games of the season Things weren't already going super well. Now, with the injury initially being reported as taking eight to ten months recovery, Kyler hasn't attended any trainings yet in the offseason and is expected to just make it for the start of the season or possibly not even till midway, depending on how he recovers and gets moving on that foot. Uh, Now, Colt McCoy, most American name ever, is his backup who took over for him last year and remains on the team to step up if Kyler isn't there. Now, I did hear some uh, reporters saying, you know, if they were expecting for this season to be a real winner for the Cardinals, they'd be doing everything they can to get a stronger quarterback in, support the team while Kyler's away. But it seems like the coaches know that's not going to be the case for the Cardinals this year. Now, key wide receivers remaining on the team include Marquise Brown and, well, not DeAndre Hopkins, as he has been released by the Cardinals and be looking for a new team. Massive loss, really. Uh, that's their marquee player, basically. And, and now the news, the only news that you can get with the Cardinals is that he's leaving and where's he going to go? So that's yeah. not a great, not a great any, look for your team. Have you seen any kind of landing places for, for D-Hop? Oh, everywhere's opening at the moment. Um, who doesn't want him? That's the question. That's the quality they're giving up. One of the biggest clubs, obviously, looking at him is the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I did see something on this recently. I think the Chiefs have come out uh, and said they weren't going to take on D-Hop at this time because uh, they wanted to develop Kadarius Tony as their wide receiver one. Now, I don't know how legit that is, but you know DeAndre Hopkins did put out a bit of his uh, shopping list on Twitter with his fav- uh, favorite quarterbacks he'd like to work with, and number one on that list with Patty Mahomes. So 
I don't know. The NFL seemed to make things happen as soon as they land on Twitter. So we'll see what happens. It'd be pretty. It'd be pretty good to be able to just send out, wouldn't it? Like the the top people you want to work with, and just and just wait for them to come and get you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Might try that this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting that you know they tried to trade him and no one wanted him, and, and you know that could be for many reasons. Maybe they were asking for too much or or not liking any of the options they got in return. But there's been a lot of hype since he hit the free agent market, so someone's going to want him. Now, furthermore, with wide receivers, they did end up drafting Michael Wilson from Stanford, but this will not come close at all to, to filling that hole that DeAndre Hopkins has left in the team. Furthermore, with the draft, in the first round, they selected offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr. at sixth overall, buying some much-needed protection for their quarterback, whoever that'll be. Now, there were big losses in the defense as well. The notorious J.J. Watt has left the team, as well as Zach Allen and Marcus Golden. With serious gaps in their offensive line, they signed B.J. Ojolari at offensive linebacker. And uh, unfortunately, not one returning offensive linesman had more than four sacks last year. So desperate development needed from the Cardinals in this position as well. On the back of that, though, we did have an interesting chat, Cad. Uh, you have a little, you have a little story you wanted to tell me about uh, Kyler Murray and his a certain clause in his contract. Yes, well, this will be a a refresher from anyone who was paying attention last season. Um, but for our new fans, so Kyler Murray received a massive contract from the Cardinals last year, but it had a special addendum in it that hadn't been seen in any other signing agreement before. The addendum was that he had to complete four hours of private study per game week. Now, strange for several reasons. The main point to me was, why do you have to contractually incentivize your quarterback to do required work? It's well known that all the greats spend, you know, hours in the game room, reviewing their previous game, preparing for their next opponent. It just basically announced to Cardinals fans that their quarterback isn't prepared to, to do the work and now has to be forced to do it there surely has to be more to it than that he's just not willing to do it then right like yeah like well (laughs) there is a a compounded point with this and it's the well-documented love that kyla murray has for call of duty (laughs) 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 a few keen fans of the game compare statistics of kyla murray's performance stats on game day comparative to his stats on a weekend that Call of Duty was hosting its basically double points weekend for online (laughs) multiplayer. And there was a severe drop. Not only that, there was another graph that they put out circulating on Twitter that measured his performance the first half of the season before the new Call of Duty game was dropped and in the second half of the season when it finally had dropped. And that line drops straight down. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you to the... Thank you to the people that brought that to the world. Yeah, <laughs> that's good fanship. Call of Duty um, actually responded to this uh, these stats and just tweeted in reply, look, the man's got priorities. It's simple as that, which <laughs> is kind of just throwing fuel on the fire there. What, what, I, what I love most about this, or what confuses me most, is also four hours, like four mm. hours a week to study. Like mm. I spent four hours 
researching the Cardinals for this episode. And uh, by the way, didn't find anything other than John Joe Hopkins is leaving. So it's like four hours a week is not a lot on your game, on your play for games, right? Like really to, to uh, lead the team yeah. through the work. It, it's hey. publicly embarrassing. And, and now that the media just oh. obviously jumped on this, they removed the addendum, which I was like, well, if it was there, it was probably needed. Yeah. Like, that's they just the other shamed concern. themselves. So, yeah. Yeah, just make it more like put eight hours a you know, or four hours a day or something a bit Which more measurable. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I just I can't fathom Ooh. it, but it's uh, if anything, it's an indication of Kyla's play at the moment and the Cardinals outlook for the next season. So we'll have to see. Mm, a lot to watch there. <laughs> Mainly on Twitch. It's yeah, just, that's it's what I was thinking. Cool <laughs> I was like, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Cab, that takes us, um, I guess that takes care of the, the division. So that leaves us with my favourite segment, which is... Headlines and projections. So what are we going to do, Cad? We're going to go from four to one, one to four. What are we rolling? Last of, the, last of the series? Last of the projections and headlines for the series. So they better be I... good. Pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done one for the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unprepared. (laughs) All right, so we'll be starting from uh, number four, as always. And uh, again, no one be surprised at the bottom of the barrel. I've got Arizona Cardinals headline: Kyler Murray doesn't go above and beyond the call of duty (laughs) as the Cardinals continue their crap record once again, going five and twelve. And I'd like to add a little projection on the end that Kyler is in a call of duty advert by the end of the year. Oh. Brilliant. Mm. Yeah, that's because he's not making that's smart good. decisions. I feel that's a, a dumb one he'll make as well. Yeah, he might. Well, he's already getting slagged for it. He might as well keep going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. In number three, I have the LA Rams headline facing the ramifications. Oh. <laughs> LA go third in their division, struggling to climb into their rebuild once again. I think that's your best and worst at the same time. So. <laughs> I'm proud I don't of know that. how you've achieved that, but I don't know how you've achieved it, but you've actually done it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah, well done. Well done. Thanks, thanks, mate. Yeah. All right. In number two, the Seattle Seahawks. Pretty boring one here. I'm just going to go with long live the king. King Gino takes Seahawks past the wildcard rounds into the playoffs this year. That's a good one. Let's, I think let's, the call is is better than the pun, but yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the wild cards. I big. think that's a genuine watch that one more mm. than yeah. I like that. So that just leaves us with only one to be. Yes, the uh, San Francisco 49ers definitely will top their division again. Um, headline is rock and roll. <laughs> Brock Purdy is named starting quarterback with Che Lance <laughs> asking for release or trade by the end of the year. Long shot, I think Trey Lance will end up with the Buccaneers in 2024. Oh, you've really gone into depth with that one. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's, saying, a, that's a solid prediction. Musical chairs of Baker Mayfield. He'll exit after his one-year contract, and somehow Trey Lance will be traded over to the Buccaneers. That's that actually not bad. Good mm. prediction. Good On face prediction. value, it makes sense, but I'm sure it does. that's wrong yeah. for many reasons. I'm sure this season will make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We are not the writers of the NFL. 
All right, last one of the series. It's time for my favourite segment. It's homies, fan favourites, homies, fan favourites, yeah. That's right, fan favourites with David Holm, the segment where homie recommends what team you should be backing in this division, whether you're new to the NFL or trying to abandon your old team. Homie's got the pick for you. NFC West, what have you got for us, David? All right. I won't waste your time. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the Cardinals. (laughs) It's not the Cardinals. It's not the Horns. Yep. I will will note, though, as for Australian viewers, um, if you want a lot of content, LA Rams are very good at Australian content. So they they are someone you can follow genuinely and you get a lot of content. So keep an eye out for that one. Definitely not a bandwagon now if you jump on. No, no, gee, that wagon's got no wheels on it, so get on it. (laughs) Get on and push. (laughs) Help out, help out. So that leaves us with two. It'll probably give it away, but I I will go with, I did want to have a little chat to my mate Cad. We want to talk about the 12th man. Mm, Do you know who we're talking about? The Seattle Seahawks. Yes. Now, I've got a, I'll give a little story. Yep. So the 12th man relates to their, their, their fans. So back in 2010, in the NFC wildcard game, the crowd noise when Marshawn Lynch was running was so intense that it was registered on a local seismograph. <laughs> Record, recorded like as a low-level earthquake. Yeah, so it, it, is, <laughs> it is now known as, the play is known as the Beast Quake. Yeah, Beast like, Mode Marshall Lynch. That, that that was like that's one of the most impressive plays. Look up Beast Quake on YouTube. Yeah. Um one of my impressive. mates was actually at the game and I think sitting in the end zone where Marshawn scored and just said it's like nothing else. It it makes you want to be a fan for them because I I'm if if we get the opportunity to go to the States that's the crowd I wanna go. I wanna yeah. hear that. That I wanna hear that. Like uh, you were saying that you were even telling me that um, that they have to have special like uh, silent signals. count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, how that works is, as everyone would know, watching any NFL game or highlights, you hear the forty-two, forty-two hut, and they count in when the ball is coming. Now each team has a different one to try throw off the defense and get them to jump early. This is made much more difficult though at the Seahawks Stadium because it's so loud most of the players on the offense can't actually hear their own quarterback. So they have to practice something called silent count and basically without speaking, you have to indicate when they're going to snap the ball and start the play. But massive, massive advantage it for the Seahawks sounds, home team. It just sounds incredible. It's just something I want to experience. So there's all that little element there. Despite that, I think if you're fresh to NFL, no. you go, yeah. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. It's the 49ers. You're back in the 49ers? <laughs> I am back in the 49ers. I with, with the 12th man and the nah. fact that there's an Aussie on the team. Nah, nah. Aussie. Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Can't help you there. Oh, buddy, old pal. Nah, we're going the 49ers. And I'll give you why. I'll give you why. Please. Um, McCaffrey. Bosa. Yep. Debo. Like, they are iconic they're still playing, but there's the legends of the game already. Like it's yeah, they're, just, uh, they're absolute stars. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. They are fun yeah. to watch. 
Yeah, as you know, and a lot of Australians travel to to LA. San Fran's not too far up the road, so you can probably see them. You could probably get to a game. I think they're the brand actually floats around in a bit of Australia. Yeah, as well. I see um, it in most stores here as, as well. It's got a good good brand around yeah. it. You can pick up your merch at any like shops. Yeah, yeah, and it and, and, and people know what you who you're supporting. So, I yeah, unfortunately, I landed on the 49ers. So, oh well, well, and the number uh, one pick. So uh, yeah. There we go. There's a wrap on it. I think, um, well, with all those, uh, those fan favorites, homie, I think uh, we'll be putting up on our Instagram summary of your, your top team picks. And I'm interested to see what you, you think looking back on it. When no, I, 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 I was like, you actually made me nervous when you just said that. I was like, <laughs> then I was like, it's, a, it's fine. I'll put your puns up. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, 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 that, so uh, that should hopefully overshadow. That should hopefully overshadow my poor, <laughs> poor choices of teams. So, well, if you want to see those all put together, everyone, uh, check out our Instagram page at Onside Punt. For now, I guess that's the end of this series. Uh, Thanks for joining us on this episode of Onside Punt. I hope you enjoyed all of our recaps. Remember, whether you're a seasoned NFL fan or just starting your journey, we've got you covered each week. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere that good podcasts can be found. Until next time, remember to stay onside and catch you then. Thanks, homie. Thanks, Kat. It's been amazing. Thanks, man. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Bye, man.